Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the best damn NFL pod period with Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson and USC legend 16-year NFL vet Rodney Pete. presented by DraftKings. Welcome to the best damn NFL pod period. I'm Rodney Pete, and he's the Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson. On the show, we're going to dive deep, all the way deep into everything football. We're going to take you inside the locker room. We're going to take you outside the locker room. We're going to take you on the field. We may take you in the club. We're going to take you everywhere. We're going to talk X's and O's, but we're going to talk everything. Um, lifestyle, locker room, where are we hanging out? We're going to talk individual, personality. We're going to get into all of that. Some things that you think you know, but you don't know. Here's my partner, Eric Dickerson. What's up, Rodney? Matter of fact, can, can we hit the colors from Charlie's right now? Is that club still open on Sunset Boulevard? Monday <laughs> night, the hot night. We get that tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, we'll, we'll get into that tomorrow night. Um, but but it's it's gonna be fun, Ed. I'm looking forward to this. And it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be the first show, Ed. It wouldn't be the first show, and and, and because on the first shows, you, you got to kick them off right. And, and you know what we're going to name this this first show? What? I think we might need to name this first show 2105. You know you know what I think the first show should be? 2105. I like that, Rodney. But yeah, because, you know, we bring it on. I guess today, I guess today is 20-year vet, all-pro, seven-time, <laughs> pro bowl, four-time, all-pro. He's the man. He was in front of ED all the way. My man, Hall of Famer, Jackie Slater. Jackie, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Glad to be able to join you guys. See my buddy Eric over there. See you. Long time no see, man. It's glad to be with you guys. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. And and I, I heard you say, you know, you heard me say 2105 because I, I definitely want to hear the story of that season from both your uh, perspective because that was incredible. And and uh, it's fitting that we, we launched this show and this podcast with you on because you and ED have such a history and uh, I'm sure that locker room that season, it felt like uh, maybe almost like a, a, like a guy going in, you know, pitching a no hitter, right. In the sixth, seventh inning. And nobody wants to talk about it during that season. I'll start with you, Eric, during that season, obviously you got to be rolling from day one to get to 2105 about mid season, third, three quarters of the way through. Did you guys start to feel it? Like, we got a shot at shattering something. You know, Rodney, um, it started off kind of slow. I think I started out the first game. I think we played the Dallas Cowboys. I think I had 138 yards. And I think I think we lost that game. But, we, you know, I, I, it's all about the winner. Then I think the next week I, we played, had like another like a hundred, low 100-yard game. And I think it was week four, three or four, I hurt my toe. And and uh, Jackie, and I think Jackie got hurt. Um, but I hurt my toe, and, and I had a toe problem. And I didn't think I was going to be able to play. I mean, I, I really didn't. And um, the uh, trainer, remember Tudhill? Oh, Tudhill was the trainer. Gary Tudhill. Gary Tudhill came up with a device uh, called a toe piece. And I still have it right here in my office <laughs> that I had to put on my toe, under my shoe, taped to my toe and wear it because I really couldn't run. I mean, it was that's how painful it was. I think what, I think I heard on, 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 on a Monday night game in Atlanta. I think I, I forgot which game. But – I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not run, Rodney. So I did not think that I thought, man, this this is gonna be one of those years where they call it the sophomore jinx. This may be my sophomore jinx year. But luckily, 
I was able to to wear the toe piece. You know, you got to get the, the injections in your toe. You know that. Mm-hmm. You inject your toe oh, and, yeah. and drain it and all that kind of stuff. And I got on a hot roll. I mean, I, I, I got going. I think it was about week five or six. I got really got rolling. I mean, I started, you know, just ripping off, you know, 150, 170, 180. And, uh, you know, the thing was, like I said, Jackie got hurt during that season. And Jackie was the one that was really, I won't say, he was keeping the stats. He was like, I know, because I remember one game, I think maybe we been in Tampa or something. And I think I had like 98 yards, 100 yards right before half. He's like, hey, man, you got to pick it up. <laughs> you, got to, you got to pick it up. <laughs> you got to run the ball, boy. You got to pick it up. <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you got guys like that, and, and, the, and the players wanted it just as much as I did. I mean, really, because my first year I came so close to having 2,000 yards, 1,808 yards. And yeah. came up short and really ran out of gas. But that next year, I really wanted it. And they wanted it too because, you know, we felt that that would be a part of history, not knowing that this record would last for 37 years so far. So, wow. you know, it was, it was, a, it was a great season. It, it was a fantastic yeah. season. Fantastic yeah. season. I think the thing that I remember about that season was that, you know, Eric was in his second year. And we, we were a pretty seasoned offensive line. And we right. were in our well, second. Start with Jackie, start there. I want to go. I want to, before you start with this, that year, go mm-hmm. back because his rookie year, yeah, he he set the rookie rushing record, you know, with, exactly. 18, with 1805. Right. Something exactly. like that. Um, Yo, don't don't so come about talk about 1808. 1808. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, everything. You got to get everything. Just like you got to get that money. You got to get, I want all of them. So you got you got ED big time college SMU coming to town. He's your running back, man. What are your thoughts? Because you already there, you the vet already there. What are your thoughts as big ED comes to town? Well, you know, I was I was pretty excited about it, and the reason why I was excited about it is because you know I had been around a great back before. I had been around. I played with Walter Payton in college for three right. years, and I knew what a great back was able to get accomplished with his own will and self determination. And then you couple that with anything we did up front, it just sent them off into a, a whole different zone uh, from everybody else. Uh, when Eric first got there, I was a little bit, you know, I was excited that he was so highly touted and everything. But I had my questions because I would see Eric, uh, you know, we would run our plays in practice and I, I would never, I, I kept waiting to see the explosion. I kept waiting to see the speed. I kept waiting to see all the dynamics that I saw in the highlight film that I saw. But little did I know that what Eric was doing was he was kind of slowing everything down, getting the time, getting learning our timing, learning the speed that he had to play at before right. he had started playing at the speed that he was capable of playing at. And it was just, it was just kind of a little bit bewildering for me early on because I expected to see that flash and what everybody saw on Sundays. I expect to see that every time he got the ball in his hand. But I didn't see that. What I saw was a guy that was just kind of mun, you know, in, in every times I thought, man, it's kind of melancholy here. What, what the hell is this the guy we, we thought he was? <laughs> and then, then as soon as, as, soon as the game. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. I heard about the Pony Express, but man. I got to tell you something about Jack and Ben when he said about me later, but go ahead. So, you know, it wasn't until we got in that first game and we ran some of those plays that John Robinson installed for him that I saw, man, this guy, this guy's got a, he practices at one speed and he plays at a whole different, another speed. 
And it was, I think it energized, I know it energized me, but I got to believe it energized guys like Dennis Hare and Smitty over there because they're thinking now, wait a minute, this guy is going to a level that we need to, we're going to have to accelerate our game to get to this level. And I think it was a very eye-opening situation for us. Uh, I remember uh, Eric got hit in the back or something. I don't remember what happened, Eric, in practice. Remember you got hit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nolan Cromwell. Cromwell. Nolan Cromwell. Somebody hit him or something in practice and, and John Robinson shut down the practice. They didn't feel like practicing anymore. And we, I mean, I, I remember thinking, man, this what, what this guy's gonna come in and get hurt like this? This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next thing I know, man, he's up and rolling, and uh, you know, but as a rookie but, and a second but how did he, guy, so he guy, got hurt. He got hit. He got hit in, uh, in practice in the back on a live drill. I, you know what? Like I, all I know is I looked up. And Eric was laying on the ground and he wasn't getting up and he was kind of writhing in pain a bit. Uh, and then the next thing I saw was John Robinson come over and you would have thought it was his mom laying there. <laughs> with, the he, with the way he was acting, he, he, you would have thought somebody just killed the governor or something. It, it was, it was, and then the panic just went through the ranks of the team and then he shut the practice down and sent us all away. He said, I don't feel like practicing anymore. And, and everybody just thought the worst at that time. But uh, to, to, to be at that spot where we had such high anticipate, uh, um, we had such high anticipation of how he was going to perform consistently and watching him when he first started, that was like night and day. And Eric was, uh, yeah. we knew in a very short period of time that we had a different kind of cat that we were dealing with. And, and to be honest with you, it made us all elevate our games. I know it did mine. Well, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much, uh, Jackie, that that practice, uh, it was Nolan leg with me by in the, in the head by accident, and he got cut and he got because you know back in them days we go live, everything oh, was live, everything was live. So he got hit and he he leg with me in, in the head. And let me tell you, I was hurt, but I really wasn't that hurt. Let's put it like that. Remember, oh, yeah. it was so it was so hot out there in Fullerton. It was hot. It was one of them hot days, two Don't days. Tell. Don't tell him to lay down on me. When I hit, yeah, when I hit the ground, when I hit the ground, I could have got up. And I said, just, just let me lay here for a minute. See how they go out. <laughs> you, took, you took the standing eight. Yeah. You took so the standing eight. Yeah. So when I laid there, they ran over to me, and they seemed all concerned. I said, man, I just lay here for a while and see what happens. I get out of practice. <laughs> I didn't know John was going to practice, going to cancel practice. Jackie, right? He said, I just don't feel like practice. Because Jackie told me some guys said, man. Can you get hurt again later? Because Jack, because they 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 cancel practice when you got. They say I just don't feel like practicing today. <laughs> oh man, that was that so, was something else, boy. That was I love else. it. I love it. So so that that rookie year, as the season went on, you saw that, like you said, you you had a different cat. As, as the season oh, went on for you, Ed, that rookie year, did what you feel like? I, I'm getting in my groove. This is this is this is like college. Yeah, I can say my my first game I went to play the New York Giants. Uh, you know, Lawrence Taylor and the New York Giants, and that was a and that was a telltelling game because that was a good defense. Yes, it was. And, you know, and we had a good offensive line. And I really, I didn't know them with that well yet, and I was still getting to know them. Um, you know, guys who could pull real fast, guys who could you know block straight ahead. I can run right right up behind them. So I'm trying to get to know every guy on the offensive line, and I think. I wound up, I think, with like 28 carries, 91 yards. I think I had 100 at one point and got caught in the backfield. But that was that was a tough physical game, and we won that game. I think we won it 17 to nine. So I got a chance to kind of know know my teammates, know, know the offensive line. You know, we got a little bit better each week. We played the Saints, then we beat the Saints. And I, I think the, the the big breakout game for me, Rodney, was we go down to New York, play the New York Jets in New York, 
And me and Leroy Irving, because Leroy Irving, I always said he could outrun me. I said, Leroy, you can't run me, Leroy. I'm fat. Yeah, man, you 225. I said, Leroy, you can't run me, Leroy. I can run. I mean, we would argue through camp the whole time about this. Who's the fastest? So he said, man, they got to they gotta run. They got a DB over there named Holmes. If you break, he going to catch you. I said, Leroy, he ain't going to catch me if I break. We, we talking about this on the plane going over. So sure enough, Rodney, what happens the second play of the game? We go toss left. I hit the hole. Who comes in behind me? Holmes. <laughs> and brother, uh, the race was on. <laughs> the race was over. The race was over in no time. Hey, and, and but you, 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 you knew it was him? Right I on your tail. I, you I didn't know it was him. I just knew it was somebody oh, you behind didn't. You could feel somebody behind you. Yeah. I didn't know who it was until they showed it on okay. the highlight tape. Uh, and I, I was I thinking, went, if you knew it was him, you knew it was him in your mind while you running, thinking Leroy in your mind. <laughs> he talked man, I was just, you know, I was just running. You know, think about it, you're running back. You don't want to get hit. And you see some open daylight. I'm like, what? All this sideline? <laughs> I got to take advantage of this. So that was my big, that was my big first 85 yard touchdown. So, so Holmes, so, so needless to say, Holmes didn't catch you. No, he did not catch me. In fact, in fact, Holmes. Holmes fell down, flailing at him with both hands. <laughs> he fell forward, reaching at him with both hands. Hey, now, now uh, we, I, I can't go without saying this. In that same football game, Rodney and Jackie, knows we had a big fight. A big fight. Oh yeah, we that's did. The, that's we the did. big fight with with with, with, with the Jets or with your own team. The Jets with the Jets, both teams. Jackie Slater and and uh, Gastineau. Oh, y'all so, went at it. You went at it with Gastineau. Well, I didn't exactly go at him. I just I gave the guy. I gave the guy. He, we had a busted play, and I was uh -huh. so frustrated that the play was busted, and our quarterback got sacked. And here he is back there doing a ridiculous dance that he used to do. And I, yeah, I just really, yep. I just wanted to go over and say, "Hey, man, that was a busted play. You celebrating the sack that I gave you on a busted play?" And I shoved him a little bit too hard. And the next thing I knew, it was all on, all over the place. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a melee. It was a it big fight. It was a melee, but it was. Turned into a melee. In fact, at that time, melee. Eric, up until that time, there was no other game in NFL history where as much fines, as many fines were leveled against two teams in the history of the game up until that point. Well, everybody left the bench. Oh, everybody yeah. came out the bench was fine. Yeah, every, every, everybody, everybody, everybody was fighting. I think I got to get a Rams credit. I think they paid all our fines. I can't believe that. But they played. They paid all our fines. You they, know? I don't think they paid all of them, Eric. Because I got a, I got an email from Jeff Kemp. The other day. They said he took two steps off the sideline. <laughs> 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 he, he took two steps off the sideline with a clipboard and they found him three hundred dollars. <laughs> you know they say that, right? That big eye don't lie. They got you on tape. They got you on tape. It's the best damn NFL pod, period. Presented by DraftKings. Uh, Jackie, you were talking about um you're talking about John Robinson as the coach and creating plays from for Eric. Uh you know, obviously he came from USC and went right into coaching the Rams as a college coach going to the NFL. There's a lot of rumors about Urban Meyer this year, right? He's a college coach, had a lot of success in college, but there's some grumblings out of Jacksonville that some of these players are not so happy about the college ways. First, I think probably bringing back in Tim Tebow probably sets some of that in motion in that locker room of guys kind of rolling their eyes going, you know, he, he never played tight end before in his life and now and hadn't played in the league in 10 years. And you're going to bring him in to play tight end to possibly take somebody's spot. I think that didn't sit well. But in terms of just him being a college coach and transitioning to the NFL, 
How do you think that's going to work? And what does a college coach have to do when they transition? Well, I think that, first of all, <clears throat> I never met a, a coach that was worth his salty sweat that didn't stick to his convictions. And as he sticks to his convictions, then he will win over the people on the football team that really matters that are going to be there and contribute to his efforts. When John Robinson came to our football team, we had a lot of we had a lot of guys wondering how he was going to conduct himself. And I got to be honest with you. I was in my eighth year. I had never been to a pro bowl, had never been uh, uh, decorated in any way, shape, form or fashion. And the thing that I noticed when John Robinson came there was that we practiced really hard. Now that wasn't an issue for me because I always liked to practice that way. We practiced really hard. There were some guys complaining. There were some guys that couldn't handle the rigors of the way the sport was being conducted by the Rams at that time. And guess what? They ended up getting traded or they ended up being waived or they ended up right. being replaced in the lineup with an eye to being uh, 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 cut in a short period of time. So the thing for me was to appreciate what he was bringing to the table. I liked the fact that he wanted to stress running the football, and I love the variety that he added, and I like the way he was inserting this big guy right here into the line of scrimmage. It just – what I learned from, from my four years at Jackson State and blocking with Walter Payton is that if you got a good back, a great back, and you have success with him, eventually they're going to notice the guys that's helping him have that success. And that was where I, I began to sink my teeth. If I'm in Jacksonville right now and I'm a player to heck with what what decisions that organization made to bring Tim Tebow in there, who cares? It all played itself out. This, the goal is still to win football games. Your job should be to figure out what aspects of this man's uh, coaching ability are going to help me be a, a, an NFL uh, champion and, and one of the best at, to play my position. So to have all that disgruntled attitudes about the coach and, and how he's conducting, hey, hey, man, this is football. You know, enough of this uh, uh, pussyfooting around with people and not practicing them and playing them and stuff like that. Hey, the heck with all of that. Right. If you're going to be a good football player, you got to practice the game. You got to get your body used to the rigors of the sport. So I don't have no problem with anything any, high, any college coach comes in and tries to do, especially if he's been successful. Get on the, get on the bandwagon, man. You've been paid to be a supportive role player on the team, not to be the, the marquee big mouth that, that goes and complains about things. You know, the game is bigger than any individual. That's the way I look yeah. at it. E.D., what you about know, you? Right now, I, I agree with Jackie with, with on that. I mean, Urban Meyer's been very successful. I mean, his winning percentage is 85%. He was successful at Utah. He was successful at Florida, Ohio State. I mean, you know, I think a lot of players, like, look like, we're old school guys. So practicing hard, we're used to that. When I came from SMU, I mean, we practiced hard. We hit. I mean, we had uh, I mean, corner force drills where the running backs would come around the corners and the, and the, the corners would come up and the fullback right. and they hit and they would tackle us. Right. So, I mean, you're used to that. And, and so these guys now, yeah. they have it. They don't Nine realize how. Inside run. All really, really, yeah. inside, remember, remember inside drill, Jackie? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, 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 they can tackle us, but they would, they, would, they would butt you up. I mean, they don't do it. They don't even wear pads now. I mean, but so look, like I said, you have a coach that's, that's been very successful. And, and, and I think that he could possibly help that football team. But you got to understand, Jacksonville is not a good football team. I mean, they're not, yeah. you know, and, and and you hope that Trevor Lawrence and and whoever they get can help them take them to the next level. I mean, they, they just lost their running back, uh, Travis ATM, for the season. He's out with, with a foot injury. Right. So, I mean, I like I like that idea of, of this. This is our guy. Like when John Robinson came in, he was just like, I was a rookie. I didn't know. I mean, Practice was hard. I can't lie. I mean, at times, I will never forget 
first year, it was so hard that I was sitting. You remember Otis Grant, Jackie? The yes, receiver. I remember the wide receiver. Oh, yeah, wide receiver. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the back talking to Otis Grant. It was a morning practice. And I, Jackie and them hadn't even got there yet. We've been there two weeks. And I said, Otis, I said, man, you know what? I'm out of him. He said, we said, man, I said, man, this is just too hard. I said, this is just too much. I mean, I said, it's hard. This is crazy. That's how John said, he wasn't even there yet. And it got easy when the, when the veterans got there. He said, well, I said, man, wow. I said, nice meeting you. I said, well, I'm not coming to that evening practice. And I never get, I went back to my room. I called my mother. I said, mom, I say, uh, you know, uh, I'm thinking about coming home. She said, what? What you talking about? You really thinking about it then? And I, I was really I, contemplating. I, 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 I sound like a, I sound like a fool when I thought when I think when I, I call home and talk to her. I said, "Mom, I said, I, I said, this is just crazy." I said, "We practicing in full pads twice a day. It's hot out here. We get no breaks." I said, uh-uh. "I said, I can't do this." She said, "Boy," she said, "You get your ass back out there. You signed up for that." She said, "I don't like football. You get your ass back out there. You do what you're supposed to do." So I won't go. I show back out of practice that evening. Otis say, "Man, I thought you was gonna quit." I said, man, my mama wouldn't let me. <laughs> so, hey, man. Went back to the little kid. <laughs> get, yeah, get back to it. But, but yeah, I, I'm a Jackie. I mean, you know, you, when you, you know what you signed up for. I mean, and, and this is a new coach. This is your coach. It's and the thing about football. When you're winning, it makes everything that much better. If, if they can start winning, and I'm not saying they're going to start off winning. If they can start winning, yeah. all this will go behind them so far. They're like, man, you know, that, that, that's, that yeah. it was worth it. Yeah, and it, if and they it's, start and winning, it's like, Rodney, if they yeah. start winning, the players that are will be contributing to those wins, they will expect it to be no other way from right. this point on. They'll buy in to what he's doing, yeah. what he's doing, and and as phase you know, Jacksonville has been, you know, one of them franchises that just struggling with winning, and and so if you have it and you're struggling franchise and you have it won. You got to sometimes do a radical 180. You got to do a radical change. And that's what they're doing. And I, I remember it like to, to what you said, Jackie, about John Robinson. If you didn't buy in, you were either cut or you didn't play or they were going to find your replacement. And that's I remember right. a similar thing with Jimmy Johnson when he went to Dallas because he came in that same way. He was hard. He was tough. They were practicing like college. And then some of them veterans were rolling their eyes and he weeded out everybody. And they took oh, their yeah. lumps for the first couple of years, but then you saw they went and won three Super Bowls. So it, it'd be different if he went in and he was now the new head coach of Tampa Bay, having they just won a Super Bowl mm -hmm. and him coming in trying to change totally everything. Different. Then you totally got a problem. Different. This right. guy's trying to, this guy's trying to change the culture of a losing football team. That's historically been a losing football team since their inception. And if you, if, and if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the head coach, and I know that this is what I'm trying to get it done. I'm looking forward to the opportunities to show the rank and file that I'll get rid of anybody if I can who don't buy in. Simple yep. as that. Football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. 
Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BESTDAMN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code BESTDAMN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, and new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One wager per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You know, a matter of fact, I just found this out that they gave Urban Meyer, you know, power to do anything, pretty much anything he wants. So for every position, like like if you will say off, offensive lineman, you know, running backs, they have their own trainer and their own guy that stretches them. Teach, like, they, not, not, you know, you know, we Jack, we have one guy right, stretch right. a whole All team. Right. right. Yeah. That, that, it's almost like their college mentality. Think about it, in college, it's different. You know, they could have a trainer for this, that, well, especially now, not nowadays, but now it's, it's, it's a specialty. It's a specialty, like, we might not, as a running back, might not have to warm up like an offensive lineman warms up, right. or like a DB or a defensive tackle or a kicker. So, that's, right. I mean, like I said, he's trying to change the culture there. I like Urban. I, I, I like Urban a lot when I met him. I've only met him once, and I always liked him as a head coach. I met him over at FS1, and I told him I thought he was going to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I really oh, did. did. I did, too. I, I did, too. I, I, I said, Urban, I said, come on. I said, Tim, you going to the Cowboys? He said, no, nah, Eric. I said, really? He said, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. But, but I knew he wasn't done. I mean – Urban Meyer. Yeah, he wasn't done, and no, I, he wasn't no. coming back to college. I mean, I, you remember no. USC tried to go at him hard a little bit too. They were doing that a little bit under the radar, but they they threw out some numbers to him, and and it was that word that he w- was looking for that NFL job. Yeah. So you know, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, I I think you're absolutely right. When when you're a losing franchise, you got to change that culture some some way somehow. And sometimes it takes a rattle because Urban, you know. The reason we went to Jackson, he's not going anywhere. No, he's he, not going anywhere. No, exactly. No, and it no. was the same way for John Robinson when he came to the Rams. He, he ain't going nowhere. He's going to be here. So <clears throat> you either do it his way or we're going to go back to doing it the way we've been doing it where, we, where, we've, where we've had some failure. So, you know, that's just the way I think it should be. Yeah. Um, now that now that training camp is – because you guys touched on it a little bit. Training camp is coming to an end. Preseason's just about over, if not over. Uh you know, training camp now, you talked about, you know, run drill and, and uh, you know, hitting and all those things. Nine on the seven. rules now. <laughs> yeah, the rules. Yeah, nine on seven, inside, all that. Uh, the rules now where you basically, the, the limited number of practice. I mean, and Jackie, you you were in there before both of us. So I, I came in knowing it was six weeks of training camp. And you, you practiced about two weeks before you even played a preseason game. Now you come in and you're playing right away. Um and and the trend is nobody plays in preseason. Your thoughts on playing any downs in preseason or the way they're doing it now where guys don't play at all in preseason. Eric, do you want to handle that first? I I I got so much. I'm afraid if I start talking, you won't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it for I know you're gonna have a lot. Well, me personally, I just feel like you have to play some. I mean, that's just me. I just feel like you got to get those hits. As a running back, man, imagine this. I haven't played football pretty much in six months. Now, all of a sudden, I go to training camp and I 
feel around. They push me. You know, I run catching pass and all that kind of stuff. They might they don't have shoulder pads, but they just push them a little bit. Now, week one, I come out and Aaron Donald is hitting. They they hitting out there. They grabbing at the ball. They slamming to the ground. Man, it's going to take a. It's like whoa, wait a minute, man. This ain't supposed to happen. It's going to take a little time to get used to that. I just feel like you need to play your players some. I mean, look. If you, I hate to say this, if you're gonna get hurt, you gonna get hurt. You you know that's football. That's what happens. Yeah. I mean, if, if I played, I think seven years before I missed a game in the National Football League, I was hurt sometimes. I was hurt in practice. I did practice. I mean, but I just believe that you have to play your players. Like when I, when I'm I'm the running back, and I need to get to get in get in sync with my offensive line. I need to get into real kind of situations, not tackling situations, but the flow of the game. We ran a toss right, toss left, OT, ISO. You know, I had to get into that. The, the receivers had to get into the timing. Picking up blitzing linebackers. They were running full speed. Maybe not full speed right. these days, but you got to get used to that. So me personally, I just feel like when they, when they get out there and you wonder why, you wonder why man, why come they ain't playing like, why come they ain't making no tackle? You know, why they missing these tackles? You know why they missing tackles? Because they ain't tackle nobody. They ain't had to tackle nobody. They ain't, they ain't tackle nobody since last year. It's the first time they yeah. started tackling. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's, it, that, that's, how, that's how I feel. I just feel like you got to play them some. Well, my, my opinion is, is quite strong about this. And, uh, you know, as you said, Ronnie, when I came in, I was there for two weeks before we played and embarked, embarked on playing six preseason games. So that's eight yeah, weeks right six, now before yeah. you – that's eight weeks before you get to the regular season. And so, and then they lowered it down and, you know, they lowered, took two games off and added them over there. Well, the point that I'm making is this. From my perspective as an offensive lineman, I remember what it felt like to have my shoulders, my triceps, my uh, quads in particular, and, and, and butt glutamus. I can remember what it felt like to have those muscles going from having been what I felt was pretty well-trained to all of a sudden very, very sore and then from that, very, very numb, very, very numb. And that was because of all the hidden. I mean, you have to adjust your body to the rigors of the sport. Uh, and, and like Eric said, a big, big back like him, somebody coming, popping them in the ribs, pop, popping them in the sternum and all that stuff with the hat. You know, you have to get used. Your body has a, a numbing period of time uh, that it has to go through to deal with that. Okay, now on top of that, I happen to believe that I played a position that unlike many, there, there's a couple that I would that I would say required the same kind of tech, technical acumen that I felt like I had to use to be successful. But there most of many of those positions were more geared toward them being great athletes. And like Eric, in my opinion, Eric could have, you know, from what he brought to the table, he could have taken what he did anywhere and it's naturally just done what he did he was fast naturally fast he naturally understood how to play with great leverage when the situation presented itself he could stiff on people uh, like the henry kid down there in tennessee when he had to he could do all these things and it came so natural to him because he was a big natural graceful athlete but with me i'm dealing with the likes of reggie white and howie long and two tall jones and george martin mm -hmm. and people like that and these guys can lay their hands on you on certain plays and get control of your body and, you know, and do things with you that you don't want them to do. So what, in my opinion, the more technical uh, the job is, the more you need to work to be successful once you get to the games. 
I mean, you know, and I wanted and I wanted to execute a lot of everything in our office. I wanted to run the inside zone. I wanted to run the outside zone. I wanted to run the counters at me, counters away from me, where I'm pulling and inserting over there in front of everyone. I wanted to do everything, three-step drop, five-step drop, seven-step drop, because all of these things have a rhythm to them. All of them has a timing to them that gives you a chance to be successful against the average guy. And and you even have to adjust when you're going against the great guys. So the time, it, 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 knowing me, the way I feel about the game, the way I learned it at Jackson State in Mississippi as a kid growing up in college, I would have felt very insecure going into any football game, not having, uh, you know, <clears throat> has a lot of hidden and played in some game. Because to be perfectly honest with you, I, I don't know about Eric, but there were things that I did in games that I wouldn't dare do to my teammates. God, God rest his soul. My old teammate Kevin Green, a Hall of Famer, who I played with for eight years, you know, he came back and played with Pittsburgh and played us right here in Anaheim Stadium. And after the game was over, I mean, I couldn't block the guy in practice, and I tried my best. But after the game was over, man, he goes, Jackie, where did all that come from? Well, it came from just me playing the game, right? Me, me understand right. how to compete. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. No let me tell you. Now, you, you I mean, know? I was gonna say, even even for me as as a quarterback, we don't get touched at all. But I needed to have that feeling like I could be sacked, I could be hit, to give me that sense of urgency. So I I got that feeling back. Okay, now I can get hit. I got to get rid of the ball because I got I can get hit on this play. It's not practice anymore. So I needed a couple of those experiences going into the into week one. Otherwise, I, I you felt naked going into week one. Absolutely. Yep. yep. I, I tell you, Rodney, when when my first training, well, I can say after my first, I, I didn't know what to expect my first training camp, but but my, my my next my, my next year, my next couple of years, long, long as I played, it was almost I had to get my mind ready to go into training camp. Think about. It. I think all of us like, okay, I got I got three days left. You, it was almost like a countdown. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Golly, I mean, because you, you had to get your mind right, really get your mind right to get ready for for what you're finna go through. Because it wasn't fun. Right. And then I think about why did I want to quit? Because I remember when I would get up and pro- go to practice that morning, practice that evening, and the next day I'm like, man, I'm so sore I can't hardly walk. How am I gonna get out here and do this again? This right. is almost yeah. impossible. Right. So, but but you find a way to do it again. And and the, 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 today's athletes. You know, I feel like one reason I think why they get hurt so much, and this is my opinion, I think one reason they get hurt, I think they overtrain because mm-hmm. now football yeah. is year round. It is. I mean, yeah. I mean, they may take a month out, but I went. With, I forget the first my my, my first year I ran for eighteen hundred yards. I didn't do anything till a month before I went to training camp. We don't went to. I went to the. Uh, we had what, what was it? Not two. What was it? We had mini camp, and with that mini camp, I didn't do nothing else. I mean, I waited a month to work out. And I was in shape. I mean, that's and then because we didn't have to go in and do that kind of stuff. So for me, I just feel like the guys they just they overtrain. Yeah, you they know, never Eric, get a it's break. funny the you say that. Never get break. It's funny you say that, Eric, because nowadays they feel like that is the reason why, because of all the training that the players do in the offseason, which is supposedly much more intense, supposedly much more rigorous than what we did, that they need less time to prepare to play the regular season games. Because the guys are mandatorily uh, in 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 shape year round, they're lifting more, they're running more, all of this and that and the other, and and there might be something to that. There might be something to that. But the reality of it all is, and I don't know how much you guys have noticed it, but <clears throat> over over a last period of time, if we if we could take a look at the stats and see, 
in the early parts of training camps, uh, particularly when the hitting is start being introduced, reintroduced to the players, we're seeing a high and abnormal amount of ACL tears, I, yep, a lot of yeah. knee injuries, a lot of short, really bad shoulder elbow injuries. And, it, yeah. and it's, it's coming from, okay, all of a sudden these guys are stronger, a little bit more powerful, explosive perhaps, but the body hasn't adjusted to it. There you go. The Achilles is still right. going to, it's still, the Achilles yeah. still hadn't adjusted to a man being that much more explosive because he hadn't been hitting anybody. Yeah. Right. Yep. Your, your body's like, hey, look, I need a, I need a break. I mean, you ain't going to give me a break. I'm, I'm just going to do it automatically. It's like a car. Like, hey, I, I got to stop now. That's right. Yeah. That's like, you know, you know how it used to be when 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 they describe being in shape, you can be in shape, but you got to get in football shape, right? Get in football shape. And that includes hitting. That includes some contact along the way before you can get ready to go. You know what I'm saying? It's the best damn NFL pod period presented by DraftKings. I got my man, Eric Dickerson and my man. I wish you blocked for me, man. Damn, <laughs> I wish I wish I had I wish you had you blacking for me. Hey, Eric you know, can I, tell I, you, I, I, was, I, I, I got two. I got two. Go- I got. To I know you did. Oh man, uh, I maybe can tell you, maybe I, I wouldn't be. I, maybe I wouldn't be sitting there with you know with two gold jackets and I got a gold shirt. Uh, <laughs> you know, because because in Detroit, man, it was it's funny. You know how uh, you know how the quarterbacks always wear the red jersey, right? You right. Know, they, the, Quarterbacks got the red or gold or yellow jersey because they don't get hit. So in Detroit, Wayne Fonts also gave Barry Sanders a red jersey. (laughs) He gave him a quarterback red jersey. (laughs) He said, anybody hit Barry going to get fine. Hey, hey, if Barry didn't want you to hit him, you weren't going to hit him. Oh, no, it's true. It was true. And he did everything with the same same expression on his face. Um, uh, Eric, you touched on this. And, and I, I want to touch on this, uh, Jackie, before we, we, we let you go, man, because, Eric, you touched on, you know, your career and and, you know, playing and longevity. And, and certainly, Jackie, you playing 20 years. When when do you know that it's kind of it's that time? As, as a as a professional football player you know I, I think all of us as, as athletes always think that we're still that guy you know you can still do with the things that you did when you first came in and you don't want to admit it really I think uh for me um I think I kind of felt it coming like around my seventh to eighth year I mean really um you know the, the cuts weren't as fast I couldn't I couldn't come out of the cuts as quick I mean I was still fast straight ahead but Man, when I first hit the league, I mean, I could cut and accelerate on a dime. I mean, that was that was that was my that was my thing. I was right. big, I was fast, I could cut, and I could come out of it real quick. And you know, you can you can you can tell. I mean, like I say, you might not want to admit it to yourself, but it's just it's part of the game. It really is. So it was a, it was a physical thing that you can notice that you, something yeah, physically yeah, for you yeah, was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah, opposed it's, it's, to you know, my heart's not in it, my mind's not in or anything like that. You yeah. notice something physically that you know, I'm not you know, the same guy as I was. Yeah, you notice the physical part of it for sure. And and and, and look, and for sure, it, at times, because when you play on these bad football teams, I play on some bad teams, man, and, and it's kind of it's hard to get your heart into it. I mean, it really is. It's because, like I told you before, I won't forget when we played in uh we played in with I played with the Colts, and we played the new the uh, Buffalo Bills, and Bruce Nim, Bruce Smith, and them guys, they were teeing off on me. I mean, they were in the backfield. They were about to they were about to hit Jeff where we could hand the ball off. <laughs> Jeff George. And and and, and Bruce got me up off the ground. He said, man, Eric, he said, man, look, dog, 
you better get down, man. These guys can't, they can't block us. We're going to hurt you, man. I mean, and, and them guys know. And I said, man, yeah. you know, you know, I know the deal. And I'm out there, and it's a guy, I, I'll just say, it was one of our offensive line, Kevin Call, big 300-pound guy, soft, scary, <laughs> you know, scared as I don't know what. And, and, and I'm over there arguing with one of their defensive players. I mean, I'm like, F you, my, 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 fuck you. And so he said, come on, Eric, man, you're going to piss them off. I'm like, man, they already pissed off. What's wrong with you? I mean, and, and you know, and the thing is, it's funny, I would think in L.A., this would never happen. I would never have to tell one of my offensive linemen, hey, come on, man. Like, okay, man, you go. It was almost like, you going back over there. I'm going to get him over here. Y'all, we okay. You know, um, it, man, it was so frustrating. And 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 you, you, you do just get, you lose the love of the game because I like to play at a high level. I mean, I played at a high level and, and I wanted everybody else to play at that same level. And when you play with guys that, that's not giving the effort you give, you get frustrated and you just lose, you lose, you lose the love of the game. And at, at the end, I mean, I played hard, but I just lost the love that I had used to have for football. When I would doing football season, Jackie, and you probably riding to you too. When football season came around, when you were young, you could yeah. smell it in the air. Yeah. It was a smell, the grass. Like, yeah, you smell the grass. Oh, yeah, it's, for, it's, it's football time. I can't wait. Your body I can't language, wait. your body language changed. Yeah. Yeah. You, just, you, just, you just got, you got all excited about it. And it came to a point where I didn't have that excitement. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and get the hell knocked out of me. They're going to knock my ass out playing with these sorry months. Like, I, at one point, I told I said, told the coach, they asked me about the coach's offensive line. I said, this is like going to Vietnam with a BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I felt. I mean, seriously, man. It was, it was, Rodney, Jackie, it was, it was scary. I mean, it was, it was, it was scary at that time because I'm talking about. Eric, you said that out loud. You said I, that out loud. I, I said it, I said in the paper. I said in the paper, I said, I said, like going to Vietnam with a BB gun. I said, this ain't no fun. I mean, <laughs> please, can you imagine they picking your body, slamming you on the ground? I mean, and, and, and get no help from nobody. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, that 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 was uh, that was interesting, Eric. And in, in, in as you came to the end of your career, you sensed some physical things that weren't like they had been when you were in your prime. And I would have to say that. Uh, if I were you and I were depending on people to support me and they weren't doing it, that would contribute to my mental decline as well. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. But fortunately for me, I was a guy that was, you know, I was an independent guy and my, I, I knew I had to do deal with some of the bigger, more physical people on the field. And it was all about me and that world. And the better I did in that world, the better our, you know, my uh, commitment, my job experience, my job description would contribute to the success of the team. And mm -hmm. I knew that. So for me, it was about taking a lot of pride and being big enough and strong enough and quick enough and fast enough, but more importantly, smart enough to, to neutralize this particular defender or two so that it wouldn't negatively impact the team. And so for me, this was my challenge all the way, all the years. I went to my last Pro Bowl after my 15th season. And then uh, after that, I'm going into my 16th season and, and I'm thinking, well, I played and I know some guys that played for 15 years. Why didn't they play 16? I, I, I got to know Charlie Cowan. I met Joe Shabelli. Both those guys were retired off the Rams offensive line after 15 years. And nobody ever gave me any reason why they never played 16. 
So I'm going into my 16th season and I'm thinking, man, there must be some breakdown that's going to occur. So I got all spooked and I went uh-huh. to John Robinson. I said, coach, I said, listen, I said, you know how I practice, you know, I love what I'm doing and I never asked for no days off. And I, and I don't know what, what to do right now. I'm in a quandary. He said, what's the problem? I said, I'm concerned that the way I practice is going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt myself and not be able to help myself or the team based on the way I practice. And, and John said, he didn't bat an eye. He said, Jackie, this is what we're going to do. He said, we're going to take you. I want you to practice one time a day. And then you go and get a lift for that second practice. And I'm thinking it was almost like he was negotiating with me to do that because he knew yeah. that I was a guy that wanted to practice. And I thought about it. And I told him I was going to think about it. And I thought about it. I didn't think about it too long. And I thought about it. And I told him, okay. So I tried that. Funny thing about it was during that period of time, I got bigger and stronger and slower and more lethargic uh, because I wasn't exercising the skills that I normally do, you know, at at a high tempo and all that. And uh, that cautiousness cost me what I, what I felt like was some of my athleticism. And then the next thing I began to notice uh, along with that was I began to get strains and small tears in areas that had, historically been my strengths areas where I used to grab a guy and, 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 and hold on to him and flip him and throw him down. Now I did that and boom, I'm popping a pec muscle or my tricep tendon is snapping or something like that. And so for me, my body began to tell me, Jackie, you know, it's time for you to look, (laughs) it's time for you to get off of this train. And so in a very short period of time for me, and it happened after my, uh, you know, my 19 year, I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's, it's, this train is getting ready. To, I'm going to have to get off the train. Now, how I get off, are they going to slow it down and let me ease off? Or are they going to poop me off? <laughs> so I was fortunate enough that they slowed it down and let me ease off. But for me, the big thing was just body muscle groups that I had depended on that never failed me. All of a sudden, boom things that would happen to those muscles that I just simply couldn't use them like I had in the past. Hey, hey, Jackie, yeah. can, can you tell me, you told me a story. I think it was your last game, you come around the field and you pull the muscle or something, you know? Uh, oh, go ahead. I think you said, you said they would they introduce you and you oh. ran on the field and, and threw your arm, pull out of your heart something, you say, <laughs> I said, I ran, I'm ran through warm up, I pull, I pull, I pull something. No, no, what happened was, Eric, what happened was, my, my Achilles was sore, and uh, I remember my Achilles being sore, and I always, always dreaded that. I thought that that was the ultimate injury. If you got it, you were done, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember jogging out on the field one time, and 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 you know, I used to get pretty enthusiastic when I went I out know, for an introduction. I know. <laughs> when I went out for an introduction, I wanted the opponent because you know they'd introduce the opponents first, then they would stand there on the sideline and watch us come out. And when the opponent saw me come out of the shoot, I wanted them to look at me and say, "Man, I got to deal with this big crazy son of a gun right here." I wanted the whole, I wanted the whole persona to start touching them as soon as I yeah. came out of the tunnel. Yeah. But anyway, I'm coming, I'm coming out of the tunnel there toward the end, and I'm and I'm thinking, okay, it's about time for me to jump up because I would I would lead the ground, cover about three or four yards in the air, come down. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, I thought to myself, wait a minute, I better jog this one out because I don't want to blow this. Kid. <laughs> oh man! Uh, 
crazy things you think about. Oh man, for me, I I, I played. I went and played two years in in, in Oakland, and uh, was Gruden brought me out. It was really good, and I was ready to retire after that. Um, and that was year thirteen for me, and I was I'm done. I'm finishing in Oakland, two years close to home. I'm I'm good. And then Dan Henning got the job, the offensive coordinator Dan Henning got the job as coordinator in Carolina, and he called me and said, just come on out, back up, teach. You know, Chris Winky had just become yeah. the quarterback there and said, need some help. Just come on out. Well, I go out, and I'm thinking, okay, I, I, you know, I was ready to, I was ready to go. I was, you know, I had some other things I wanted to do, so I'm ready to go and, and, and retire. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to Carolina. I'm going to ride these this year out, just, you know, just chill. And sure enough, new offense, Chris Winkie can't pick it up. He looks horrible in training camp in preseason. So I start the first game and and I'm going and I'm I I thought that I was 60 years old because I was not thinking mindset wise, like I'm, yeah. I'm going to even play. So <laughs> I'm in I'm hurting and aching all the way until Thursday. Anyway, we start off pretty good. And the last game of the season that year, this I knew it was time to go. Last game of the season, we had a what a nice because they were one in fifteen. We ended up going seven and nine that year, so it was it was an, it was a big turnaround. John Fox's first year, but the last game of the season, I I hurt my groin on a quarterback sneak <laughs> in the fourth quarter. <laughs> quarterback sneak, <laughs> quarterback. What yeah, sneak. Just died. <laughs> well, see, Eric, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, I got yeah. a different vision. See, I'm glad you said that, Eric. I'm glad you said that because I had a different vision of a quarterback sneak. I had a different. I had a vision of these athletic quarterbacks running for 20 yards on a sneak, no. not just no. diving into the no. line of scrimmage. No. It was fourth and one. We had a quarterback sneak, and I pulled. I came up and pulled my guard. God damn! It's time for me. To go. <laughs> time for me to go. <laughs> Oh, man. It's the best damn NFL pod, period, presented by DraftKings. Jackie Slater, the Hall of Famer, joins me and Eric Dickerson. Um, and speaking of transition, both of you guys, I want to get your take on that because a lot of a lot of guys go through this when they retire. And, and, it, and, and, and I did as well. It's that, Eric, you, you talked about the, the smell of the grass and the air and, and everything you feel when football season rolls around. When you retire in that first year, that first couple of years where you're not doing that, something you've done all your life, you don't have that. How was it for you guys trying to either fill that void or chase that high that football gave us? And then how soon were you able to kind of put that aside and say, I'm never going to get that again. I got to channel it somewhere else. How difficult was that for you guys? I'll start with you, Jackie. Well, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. <clears throat> And because I get asked that question all the time, how, how hard was it for you? Because I played 29 consecutive seasons of football and 20 of them as a pro. And then all of a sudden, I'm not strapping it on. And I got to be honest with you. When the spring of the year rolled around and later is summer, I would always, I could, I could solve some of the issues I was having in the spring of the year because I could go and get a little bit more exercise and you know, lift the, lift the weights like I would be normally doing in there. But the, the intensity of it wasn't the same, but it just kind of, it kind of quieted, quieted the, the, that, that spirit inside me that normally would be raging to get going. And then uh, as, I, as I got into the season, at the top of the season when I reported to training camp, I really got anxious. 
it just seemed like I was out of place. Like I needed to have been around there. I needed to have been doing something. And, and, and then <clears throat> for the most part, the thing that really helped me was I was doing broadcasting. I had the opportunity to get hired at ESPN as an in-studio analyst. And I was talking about the game all the time. It did it. That worked wonders for me personally to just kind of put to bed some of the, some of the mental, some of the mental work that I had been doing in the past as a player, because I'm, I simulated much of the same things as a broadcaster. I did my research on guys. I studied guys. I knew who I'd learned other positions and saw what some of their strengths were. I interviewed people about other positions and it was, it was exciting and interesting. And it kind of kept me going, but that over that next four or five years that when I re first retired, it was a, it was an, a really difficult time just getting used to not doing something you've been doing all your life. Yeah. Um, Rodney, you're right. I mean, I think about, I, I never thought about it like this. I just thought about when I played seventh, eighth grade football, that's when I started playing football. Then I played uh, four years of high school, you know, to which that, you know, I played 11 years of pro. So that total, because I got four years of college. So that's basically 27 years of football. That's all I knew my whole life, you know, for as, a sport. Um, and when I retired, it, it was tough. I mean, it really was. I mean, it was hard walking away, even though I didn't have the same love for the game. I hate to say it. They almost made me hate a game that I love so much. And I mean, I, I, I love football. I, I loved everything right. about it. I mean, I used to love practice, you know, uh, it could to a point. I just love, cause I, I, I got a chance to work on my craft. I, I, to me, I, I did have some of my best moves in practice and my best cuts in practice. And I take it to the game. I take it to the field. And, you know, it was, it was, it was like a void that you couldn't feel. I mean, and, and what it was like, I mean, I, I don't care what you did. I mean, I, I did a little TV, like I, I did some broadcasting for Monday Night Football. I was terrible at it. I mean, I, I was no good at that. That just wasn't my thing, the, the sideline reporting. Uh, and then I did some stuff with Jim Hill. I enjoyed that a lot more. Uh, and now doing, doing radio and, and TV uh, with, you know, with, um, with you guys, you and Fred, I, I love that. Um, but still, I can say this. I, I did. I did an event two years ago, maybe three years ago. Uh, it was a it was a bunch of guys, all Hall of Famers, up on a panel, and they asked us, "What has filled that void of football? You know, what do you do now that makes you just like I just love it?" And each guy said something different. Every guy had you know what they love. You know, and some guy said, "I have a business. I love this. I love that. You know, I love doing this and that." And um, my reply was, "I said, you know what? Everybody feels different about what they do." But for myself, nothing has ever replaced football. Nothing right. has ever made me like, man, I just love it. I mean, nothing to this day. I mean, you can make a bunch of money. You can you can do whatever. You can have a job. You just love it. You know, TV, you know, fun with the work, working with the guys. But it's nothing like being on that football team. Sometimes it's going out to practice, walking out, you know, laughing, talking on the planes. I mean, Oh yeah. To me, it's irreplaceable. I mean, it really is. It's irreplaceable. I'll never forget this. And I'll, I'll say something. I'll stop. I was at practice. I was at the Rams. I think it was my fourth year. And we were doing inside drill, Jackie. And I remember it was in October. And it was, you know, it was beautiful. You know, October in LA, beautiful. You yeah, know? beautiful. And, and in other places, it was <laughs> Green Bay, Cincinnati, Chicago, <laughs> was snowing and cold. And I, I broke, we broke the huddle. And I walked up to the line of screen and got in my stance. And I'll never forget it just hit me. I, it came to my mind. One day you won't be doing this anymore. And it's going to be a very sad day. Mm. And 
boom. And that's just true. That's just nothing has ever replaced football for me. Yeah. And 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 that and and that's what you have to come to grips with. That that it is something that you can't replace. And, and you said it, you know, you look to fight, you know, figure out something, what's gonna fill that void, what gives you that same hot nothing will. And and the sooner that we realize that, the the better we can put our focus to whatever's next. Right. Because that is it. You start looking, okay, this is gonna feel it. This is this is the one's gonna and it doesn't. And then you yeah. move on to the next day and keep moving on. So you you never kind of come at peace with the whole retirement thing and moving on to the next thing. No, you're right because I, they asked me uh, which we were talking about on, on our show on, on the show. Remember we talking about uh, Tom Brady. You right. know why why would he keep playing? You know he got this. I said because nothing's going to fill that void for him when he retires. I get. I don't care what he does. Yeah, I agree. Because think about it, it's football and sports is you. Be, it's, it's a kid. You're a kid. You can always still be a kid. It's a it's a grown up sport. It's, it's a drug. drug. It's a drug. Yeah. It's that high. It's a drug. It's it's, it's yeah. a drug. It's, it's it's a drug. That's that's why he doesn't want to quit. I'm still at it. I can still play it. Why why stop? Because if he stopped, let's say if he stopped three years ago, he would have regretted it. He'd be like, man, I could have still been playing. So that's right. that's yeah. that's why you keep playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. speaking about why we miss it, man. This this is great because this is. This is what it's about. It's, it's that locker room talk. It's that on the plane, playing cards and getting ready the night before meetings, hanging out in somebody else's room, talking about things. I mean, that's that's the little things that that you miss. So, Jackie, thanks so much for joining us, man, telling us some stories and, and just taking us back, man. Uh, we, it, I really love it. Um, just coming from from different perspectives, man. So thanks for joining the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Hey, Rodney, can, can I tell you one more story before we get off? Yes, absolutely. This, this is sort of Jackie Slater story. So, oh my goodness! This is, first of all, think about Jackie was the guy didn't want you looking at why you look at them girls over there. You know why y'all doing this? Y'all need to get your girlfriend. You need to get your wife. You know that was Jackie was that guy. I want to see what y'all doing. Jackie, you were that guy, Jackie. Yeah, well, you don't need to be going out to no clubs. We be talking. We be talking about something. Yeah, what y'all talking about over here? So we be talking about girls. So anyway, so we go to Tampa. We go to Tampa Bay playing the Bucks. Uh, and I, it, was, it was a yard for 2,000 yards. And <laughs> we walk out before the game. I see Jackie. And let me tell you something. Jackie, do not look at no other woman except Annie. Mm-mm. No, no, don't even, don't even try to put a woman in front of her. I walk out. Jackie's got his arms folded. You know, like, like a coach standing out with arms folded, <laughs> looking across the field, and the, the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers cheerleaders out there. And let me uh-huh. tell you something, Rodney. Them girls were fine. So I just walked uh-huh. up behind it. This before the game. I said, Jackie, what are you looking at? He just turned his head slightly and said, boy, there's some fine specimens of women over there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe he said it. I said, they sure are. <laughs> so that's the thing we miss about football. Oh, man. No, absolutely. Absolutely, man. It, it is it is more than just the games. It's all about the stories, the memories that you, you hold. It's it is, man. It's uh it's it's things that you you can't people can't understand. People can't understand. And 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 I guess that's why from from us being able to tell these stories is so important because that that is the thing people love. So this is oh, great, man. Jackie. Appreciate you know, it, man. With uh, with Eric over there, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm looking at him. And I remember how robust he was in the locker rooms. And and we had a guy on our team named Ivory Sully. He would just, they used to go after each other all the time. And, 
And Ivory would tell Eric how he would blow him up in a game. He better be lucky, <laughs> his, his teammate and all that. And finally, uh-huh. man, it, it worked out that Ivory ended up getting traded, uh, released, and he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's, starting. <laughs> he's the starting safety. Uh-huh. And we played them, and we ran, I think it was 47 gap right off. 47 gap. And that ball, got Eric hit that hole so fast, and he's going downhill right in the middle of the football field. And there sits Ivory Sully looking right at him. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and Ivory Sully, he just froze. And it was like he was thinking, which way should I go? Which way should I go? <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and as he stood there, Eric ran right by him. Oh, you made no, him look ugly. I, 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 I hit him with a stiff arm. I hit him with a stiff arm. And I, I didn't say nothing to Ivory Jacket about that till about six years ago. Because I, I hit him so good with the stiff arm right now. Play face first. So I said, because I grabbed that stiff arm. I said, I said, look. Oh, Sully, that arm, that stiff arm comes out the last minute like like a like a shotgun shit. It's like ah. He said no, I, I said okay. So sure enough, when it happened, I about six years ago to golf course. I said, Sully, remember that stiff arm? <laughs> said, yeah, man, you got me real good with that. <laughs> uh, oh, so so Jackie, yeah. Speaking of that, I I want to know who who when you lined up across from somebody who who was. First of all, who was the the guy? Like, oh, I know, I'm I'm in for a long day, or this is gonna be a battle all day long. And then, who was the guy that you couldn't wait to play? Like, you sent a limo to make sure he showed up to the game because well, you I wanted mean, to block him. Now, Rodney, uh, you're gonna think I'm crazy when I say this, but <clears throat> I always, I always respect. You gotta understand, I'm, I, I, I'm, I came, I'm an African American offensive lineman. I came from an HBCU. And I got real chummy with one of the uh, white scouts on the Rams when I came there. And I told him, I said, you know, I had two teammates, Walter Payton, get drafted in the fourth round with the, with the fourth pick in the first round, and Robert Brazil get drafted with the sixth pick in the first round. I said, and the, the agents that were recruiting me and signed with them were telling me I was going to be a first-round pick. I said, I didn't get drafted to the third round. Why do you suppose? And this scout with the Rams told me, and he said, Jackie, he said, everybody knows that the black offensive linemen coming from the black schools aren't being taught the technique that they, that we're using at this level. So it takes them a longer time to develop. So I made up my mind. I made up my mind, Rodney, that whatever it was that they were teaching, that I was going to learn how to do it and do it better than anybody else. So when you, when you ask me a question about uh, <clears throat> who was be the guy, yeah, I could easily tell you Reggie White. I could easily tell you Howie. I could tell you Mark Gastner, Too Tall Jones. I could I could tell you all those guys, and I would be telling the truth about each one of them simply because this was the way I looked at my opponents. I assessed mm-hmm. them through the eyes of my technical flaws relative to what they did well. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, I never played against a defensive lineman that was faster than Mark Gastner. For me, I never played against a defensive lineman that was more explosive than Howie Long. For me, I never played against a guy that was more physical in everything he did than Reggie White. Mm-hmm. And I never played against a guy rangier than Tutal Jones. And each and every one of those guys brought a different set of skills that I had better be able to deal with or I was going to get humiliated and embarrassed. It right. was simple as that. So <clears throat> each and every one of those guys were special. Mark Gaston, the fastest. Howie Long is the most explosive. 
Reggie White, the most uh, most uh, best all around at everything. Tutal Jones, a ranger. So for me, getting ready to deal with the strength of each and every individual was my ongoing challenge to be successful as an offensive lineman. Not saying this guy, that guy, I feel because some of the main guys you walk up to the line of scrimmage disrespecting um, are the, the main games that you leave being totally embarrassed yeah. because they, there's a reason why they're there. Yeah. They pros. They pros. They get paid too. Jackie they Slater. Play. That's right. Jackie Slater, that's what I'm talking about, man. That, that was great. That was fantastic, man. Thanks for joining on joining us and thanks for sharing the stories, brother. All right, man. Glad I could do it. Glad I could do it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.